I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach, and today we're going to be talking about how to get over the habits of smoking or tobacco and the addictions that are there. And how can you reverse all the damage that has been taking place to you? What are the steps that you can take towards that? And for that, we have an expert with us, Dr. Risha Mittal. And we did a podcast on World Anti-Tobacco Day because we were understanding what is the effect of tobacco. Please do make sure you listen to that episode. Today, we're going to be talking about if you are addicted to tobacco or if you have somebody in your family who's addicted to tobacco, what can we do about it? So Dr. Mittal, welcome back to the Habit Coach Podcast. Hi, everyone. Hi, Ashton. Thanks for uh, welcoming me again. I loved our first episode because there's so much I had no idea about and the effects that take place in our body because of smoking. You know, we normally think lungs, 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 and you made, gave one laundry list of things that I had absolutely no clue to. So, Dr. Mittal, one is, you know, it becomes this addictive habit, right? When you meet your patients, how do you first guide them out of it? And how do you help them give up this um, habit of smoking? So in first go, it will never be give up, you know, because more than half of smokers, they want to quit. But only one third or maybe just less than that will turn up to you. So first thing is you basically ask. You will not get always get the right answers also, whether you smoke or not. Then you assess their willingness, basically, uh, whether they want to quit or not, whether they're contemplating about it, which zone are they in? They're in this pre-contemplation, they're contemplating whether they want to act on it, they want to plan it out. So you assess where exactly they are in their uh, position to quit smoking. Then maybe, you know, if they're ready, if they're willing for that, tell them if they're not willing for them, even then, you know, tell them what are the adverse effects, why they should think about it, why they should discuss with their family and not just um, their well-being, their family well-being, economic, you know, issues because they're spending so much money is going on cigarettes. You know, these are not cheap substances. So we need to we need to talk about every aspect of that and we need to see what can click with that patient and with, with that a person, give them a plan if they're ready for it. Arrange a follow-up. That's that's a must. You know, I will try to take down the their number and maybe you know on a personal note I will try to connect with them because stopping you know quitting smoking is not easy. There'll be multiple relapses. Person who even wants to uh, quit smoking, it's it's difficult. It's all psychological. It's not physical, as we talked about the last time. It's not physical. It's psychological. There will be relapses. And we need to encourage at every step we can as a physician and even the family. Family has a big role to play in this. You know, that two, three important things that you said, I want to just highlight these because, you know, even as a habit coach, people keep coming and saying, oh, I have so many bad habits. Smoking is one of them. I want to give it up. So I was like, do you really want to give it up? No, my, you know, my wife tells me I should stop smoking and my kids tell me I should stop smoking, but I don't really want to. So like, if you don't want to, there's no chance that you're actually going to end up giving it. So yes. only once there's that big need from your inside, you know, like an internal need, will you actually go and act upon it? Yes, very true. It has to come from inside, you know, it has, it has to, to from start inside. from, yeah. And do you just scare the person with, you know, this is what happened to you, this is what happened to you? Because that is technically like, you know, the way that especially family members try and talk to their the smoker and the family saying that, oh, you will die of this and you will this will happen to you and you'll get cancer and all of that. You know, they're just trying to scare the person. The person knows all these things. So how so do you... you 
yeah i don't uh, maybe okay. yes i'll give him a list and not even list just a gist of what all can happen but mm. scaring won't really help scaring has not helped anyone i think has it ever but, right uh, yes mm. <laughs> so all we can tell him that it's normal that you know it will be difficult and um, but it's possible it's a long journey yes you have to prepare them it's going to be a long journey it's not there will be no shortcuts because even if they leave cold turkey but there will be relapses so we have to prepare them that's a long battle ahead but yes we are with them and you know it's always better that we give them combination therapy there is always this behavioral therapy and medicinal part going hand in hand and we are there with them like frequent follow ups and it's always better to enroll them in a smoking cessation program or if you have you know these specialty clinics uh, no tobacco clinics at your hospital it's always better there so doctor you were talking about you know people should you know sign up for a program or start a program or then this giving up cold turkey i think there are too many different uh, modalities that are there when it comes to giving up smoking which is the kind that you've seen work the best like do you taper it off do you go kachak no more from tomorrow what is the way that it works best cold turkey works uh, wonders for some because there's always a trigger for that you know many times like i have uh, seen patients leaving it just suddenly because they will get this uh, transient attack there was one patient who get this transient paralytic attack and just you know his hands he was not able to lift up and the next day i don't know what went in mind he just quit smoking just like that so it works cold turkey definitely but we can't have works. something like that happen to us before yes. we quit that yes. is <laughs> so that's there so cold turkey definitely works better but you know it it could be a gradual process also it depends on the willingness of the person it depends mm-hmm. on what's going in his mind it's what it depends what's triggering that quit that that he wants to quit now it all depends on his will power and how strong he's feeling about quitting smoking so will power is a very important aspect in this very or important. is it a process that is more important process also but yes will power has a great role to play because again then it all comes down to it's all psychological addiction it's not okay. physical much it's more of a psychological addiction like alcohol quitting alcohol requires a lot of effort because it's a more of physical uh, dependency but here in smoking it's psychological you know if even if you smell the smoke of a cigarette you'll feel like smoking you'll have hmm. that craving you'll go back and uh, you know you might relax all the weather is perfect or oh, you remember one so i think it's all these cues that come in that are yeah. set in our mind that bring us back to the to the cigarettes yes. can you walk us through a typical program what would it typically look like what are the aspects of it you know like is it a day to day thing is it a weekly thing how does it work so not day to day thing so once a person is ready we first uh, ask him for a quit date that decide your oh, quit, quit date. date nice you decide to quit it because you know the therapy also differs now we have a medical and non medical therapies in non medical there are many the one behavioral therapy is one where we do counseling sessions with the person one on one face to face and also with the partner maybe or family members who are you know involved and um, counseling sessions work really well and they help you with the medical part also then we have helpline numbers there is a national it's set by a government and uh, there is a national helpline quit smoking uh, helpline number where there are trained coaches and their counselors that help you with the quitting date process if you have withdrawal symptoms they'll help you with the guidance of uh, like where you can get drugs from 
they'll help you with relapses also and it's 24 hours available this helpline is available 24 hours and um, through that we can go and then there are multiple other non medical uh, modalities like you know acupuncture now how does acupuncture helps because you're pressing those points of the body which help release endorphins now these endorphins they are basically chemicals in your body which makes you feel better and gives you pleasure so it decreases the withdrawal symptoms the intensity of the withdrawal symptoms you will feel less and it overall increases your mental well being so acupuncture helps yoga helps so even yoga helps meditation how does yoga help so all these basically they all release they help yoga also it helps you release endorphins you feel good after you do you see you after you do exercise after you do workout you feel good about yourself because Correct. these hormones get secreted you feel better about yourself you feel better about your whole body you have a better mental health and you're more in control your blood pressure your heart is at a much better state when you do exercises especially yoga so that's even tai chi for that matter it's a form of exercise and you do two to three times a week just two to three times a week and it helps you and these all are basically supportive therapies for your um, that goes with that aids in smoking cessation but they go with the medical treatment we do have medical treatment also and there are certain drugs which are available over the counter nicotine patch or gums if you've heard because it's so commonly available that is something you can go and take also and it depends uh, the dose of that depends on how many cigarettes you were smoking in a day so once you decide that today is my quit date if you are using these nicotine replacement therapy then you will have to quit before starting these therapies it's better but there are other drugs there's there are two other drugs which are approved for the cessation of smoking and these are vanicline and bupropion with these drugs you can continue to smoke for a week's time or maybe two weeks time or maybe you can set a plan that in the next four weeks i will gradually taper my number of cigarettes and you can continue to take the drugs also it's possible with them so we decide on a case to case basis whether he wants to stop it today he wants to go ahead with a quit date or maybe not a quit date he wants to start reducing from now on and that's how we modify the plan on a case to case basis if the person is deciding that no i don't want to quit now i just want to decrease maybe i'll start him on the drugs and vanicline is the most effective that we have seen from the evidence also in clinics also It's how do the drugs effective. work yeah so in nicotine replacement therapy basically what we are doing is we are not giving nicotine through the smoke and causing its harmful effect we are giving nicotine in other ways like through a patch that we apply in any non hairy site of our body or through a gum and how does a gum work and then it will give you those pleasurable effects and you won't have the withdrawal symptoms because those withdrawal symptoms are so disturbing and that makes you relapse and go back to smoking a cigarette correct and how does a like a patch if you apply it will work for, it's a very long acting thing it will work for 24 hours so you apply patch once and the next morning you change the pack and apply a new one it will keep releasing nicotine and it will get absorbed in your body and you will feel better and you won't feel that urge but there will be sometimes there will be urges there will be triggers and for that you can club it up with gums and how do you take nicotine gums is basically they available in two doses and it all depends the smaller dose you take when you are having maybe less than 10 cigarettes a day you take higher dose if you're having more than half a pack that's 10 cigarettes a day but there is a way of taking these nicotine gum it's basically a technique known as chew and park technique so mm. you take a gum you keep chewing it till you have that till you get that taste of nicotine and then you park that gum in between your buccal mucosa and teeth and then you let it be there and once that taste goes away then again you uh take it back and chew it and then again you'll get the taste and then you'll pack it again so it's a chew and pack technique and you can use and for a good half an hour and 
you can actually take it more than 20 20 24 in a day so these gums basically help you with urges and the patch is there to stay for long for a baseline level of nicotine and that's how nicotine replacement therapies work and you can take it over the counter it's easily available but then there are drugs like vanicline and bupropion how do they work they basically so vanicline works when you smoke so that nicotine will give you those pleasurable effects. It will block those effects. So even if you smoke, you won't get those rewarding effects. And it works in a different way also. There is that it in your body, it will make you feel that nicotine is being released. Like it will make you feel good about you also. It will increase the release of certain hormones that will make you feel good. So you won't get those disturbing effects also. And in a way, it's working also that you will feel good about yourself. And same as bupropion. So bupropion is another antidepressant drug, actually. And we tend to use in people who are smokers and are also depressed also. And uh, because, again, it releases dopamine. And then again, it, this is a chemical which makes you feel good, make you feel better about yourself. And that's how it all these drugs work. We are replacing the nicotine that is being given in this that's there in secret. We are replacing with external nicotine and also certain hormones that will make you feel good and will not make you feel those withdrawal symptoms. The aim is that the person should not feel, they should not have those disturbing or those unpleasurable withdrawal symptoms. Because what happens during the withdrawal symptoms? Person is very irritable. He's hmm. very, he'll have sleepless nights. And usually the withdrawal symptoms are quite high in the first three, four days. So he will be agitated, irritated. He'll have sleepless nights. There will be weight gain also. There will be increased appetite and um, poor memory and uh, yeah, vivid dreams. So all this, it's, it's, it's more of a cognition and psychological issue. So they're also then having a horrible time. So it's yes, pulling yes. them back into it. Yes. And you would never mix the drugs and the nicotine, right? Because the nicotine therapy is completely different and the drugs is completely different. No, we do mix that. Um, you have an uh, No, you're saying ki the other drugs with nicotine? No, we don't really do that. Yes. But in okay. some cases where it's not working, we might do that with the patch. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. See you on the other side. Welcome back. All right, let's jump into the conversation. And then somebody is now using the patch or chewing gum. How do you get them off those? Because that is also technically addictive, right? Yeah. So that's what the process has to be very gradual. We have to understand. So for the first, maybe, you know, a month, don't touch anything. You know, if the person is taking a certain amount, maybe he's, you know, X amount of gums a day, let him be, you know, just don't, you know, push him that, you know, start reducing it in the first week only. No, it has to be very gradual, be very soft on the person because he's going through a lot mentally. Mm. So uh, maybe just after four weeks, after three weeks, maybe you can, you know, start uh, decreasing, gradually tapering down the number of gums. First, you taper down the number of gums. You come down to a state where you are not using gums much and then you're just using the patch. And then we'll try and taper down the patch also, maybe alternate days. This will be a gradual process over usually over three months. Sometimes we extend it for six months. And usually we have seen the person is able to tolerate till six months without smoking. He'll be like the abstinence will be for a good Yes, There are relapses. Yes, mm. there are relapses. More so in the first year, there are relapses. But then we can tackle them. But a person who gets through the first three to six months usually will be able to be able to abstain through. himself from your arm. Yeah. And, and is there a thing like after you quit smoking, even if you have one cigarette, you're back to square one or? No, not really that you're back. See, again, it comes down to willpower. So maybe he'll come back to the clinician who was treating him or maybe a partner or maybe a family member who feels whom he feels trusted with. And where 
So that's why counseling of family is very important. Mm. Who's the one he trusts and who's the one he's close to? Because they are also the aids in this whole process. So this is not just, yes, the patient is the primary person, but then there are other people. The environment has to be quite soft too. In fact, when I work with uh, people on their habits and smoking as a habit, I keep telling them that uh, for many people, the addictive part is the situation. You know, I'm out with friends, I will have my cigarette there or with, with drinks. Or whenever I come back from work, I will have that cigarette. Or, you know, so you, you start look, connecting that cigarette with that moment. And then those moments happen every day. So now as soon as that moment happens, you're suddenly thinking about, hey, where's my cigarette? Where's my cigarette? And it is that connection that you have to break. And like you said, it's a psychological connection that you have to break, which is far more difficult than just the physical addiction. Yes. So for the first three to six months, see, alcohol is a major trick. It, they usually go hand in hand. And then again, we talked about how tea is the major trigger. So, you know, people who are heavy smokers, they're used to having, uh, you know, many frequent cups of teas. So we need to avoid morning these triggers toilet. also. Yes. Right. Morning toilet. Yeah. And that's, you know, you ask for withdrawal symptoms, people get constipated. And that's what it causes the relapse. No, my, you know, I'm getting Bowel is too important. Especially us Indians, so, <laughs> if you haven't gone in the morning, so your entire day is ruined. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, so these kinds of things help people relapse into into smoking. Yes. What is the role of the family in all of this? So, say a person is listening to this and their loved one is smoking. What are the steps that the person should be doing in order to help the smoker? You know, again, if going out, don't order drinks, you know, there's small, small steps that you can take. If the person is trying to work more on it, more on his or her health, you can do two so that it can be a combined effort. It could be a teamwork. You know, you can think about not just healthy habits, healthy habits about smoking only, healthy diet. Because overall, if you feel good about yourself, you're more motivated. You can encourage yeah. the other person. Maybe, you know, ignore certain negative things. If you're in that phase, if you are, even if you feel certain things, you know, ignore those negative parts because you need to encourage them. Be very positive. And um, realize that there will be relapses and you will have to be through, you will have to stand by him or her. So again, the family has a major role to play, I feel. I feel so too, because, you know, we were doing an Ask Me Anything on Instagram, a few, uh, I think a few years ago, a year or so ago, and we were talking about this and she was saying, you know, I'm constantly telling my husband, stop smoking, stop smoking, stop smoking. And I told her that you're probably just nagging him so much I, that I that's causing more stress. That. The nagging is never going to help. Nagging is never going to Although yeah. it's, it's inbuilt in us. <laughs> if I don't but, nag, what will I do? <laughs> but, you know, we can't help it. But then we have to realize that, you know, it's for his, it's not just for his good. It's for your good only. And, you yeah. know, if, if you, if both of you are aiming that you want him or her to quit smoking, then you both have to work as a team. And nagging is not going to help you. So, yeah, teamwork is going to help. Teamwork is important. Like you said, one is not trying to scare the person into submission. Second one is don't try and nag the person to submission. Instead, you have Although to create a space, space for this person. Space and rewarding. Even Correct. small, even small, small step of his that even if he's able to reduce his 10 to 8 or maybe 10 to uh, 6, you should be like, you should be thinking of rewarding gestures for Correct. him or her. So true. You know, it's, it's not like, absolutely, you know, reward even the small changes. Oh, you don't smell like smoke today. That even that Treat small, like a kid. yeah, 
right? It's almost like that. You have to create a safe space, make it fun for the person yeah. to look forward to giving it up. Because in any case, maybe some if the person's stressed and he's saying this person's trying to, you know, smoke in order to feel better, this is going to be an issue with it. So more stress, no. Now, doctor, tell me, say somebody's listening to our podcast and they're saying, yes, I'm going to give up smoking from today onwards. How do I reverse all the scary stuff that you told me in episode one? Right? How do I reverse the ill effects of smoking? So good part about smoking is that actually, <laughs> that once you stop smoking over the years, over the weeks, things will get reversed. Maybe okay. not to the baseline level, what you were at before you started smoking, but definitely you see a trajectory towards uh, a better effect that uh, things reverse like like just let's just talk about voice for that matter voice do get uh, does get deeper when you when you're a heavy smoker your tone changes your pitch changes it reverses once you quit smoking within days also we've seen for some it takes weeks but within days also it's seen we talk about lung function we talk about asthma we talked about copd now these diseases also they improve they improve much, uh, they improve drastically once you stop smoking and you actually reach the level of a non-smoker in few years. So a lot of things, yes, cancer is something that you cannot reverse. But what you can reverse is in the cancer also when you quit smoking, recovery. Because you have a delayed recovery if you continue to smoke. There are a lot of drugs that their metabolism that if gets affected if you are smoking, then your recovery again will be much better if you stop smoking. So even a person who's going for surgery, even, you know, as small as an eye surgery for just cataract surgery also, if he's smoking, then also it affects it. The post-op period is affected by your smoking level. So yeah. a lot of things. So the, and just two months of quitting smoking, it will actually reverse the whole effects. So the good thing about smoking is that things do reverse. Maybe it will take time. Maybe it will just reverse over the days, but it does so. And if you look at someone's body 15 years after they've stopped smoking, would you ever be able to tell that they they had smoked at one point of time? Would, would all the effects have disappeared by then? Yeah, probably looking at the lungs, yes. You would still <laughs> be able to you know that, Because the tar will be there, yes, the staining and all will be there. Oh, it doesn't but, go anywhere. But but this at the cellular level, no, you know, we're not going into that. But at the microscopic level, yes, much of it would have been changed. You know, 15 years is a very long time. If someone is able to quit smoking for 15 years, he's as good as a non-smoker then. Correct. Then. You know, there, there are certain, no, but then, you know, we we have to realize that we, if we smoked for maybe 20 years, 30 years, then there are certain effects that can come even after quitting smoking. It can mm. come, your lung diseases. There are other right. diseases also, even cancers. They can come after you've quit smoking. So it all depends how many years and how many cigarettes you've smoked. That is something we call as pack years in the medical term. How many oh, cigarettes you've years. smoked? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So how many cigarettes you've smoked? How many, for how many years you smoked it all affects that but definitely if you quit smoking even today even at the age of 70 even at the age of 60 it will have some good effects yes Hmm. because every smoke that you're inhaling it is changing your body cells it is changing the whole dna and it is modifying your body it's modifying the body in some way or fashion at least now if somebody's been smoking like you said 15 years or five years or 20 years are there any tests that you can do to see what damage has happened? What is the extent? What do your lungs look like? Are, like if somebody's looking at listening to this and saying that, yeah, I want to check like what has happened to my body with all the smoking. Yeah. What can people do? Yeah, so we do we do have lung function tests that is known as okay. uh, pulmonary function tests. 
And a smaller version of that is spirometry with which we check how effective, uh, how um, effective your lung is working. Those and are those three balls that you inhale and you float those? Yes, yes. Hmm. You you blow out, you know, as hard and as fast as you can in a machine. And then it checks your lung volumes, basically. And we can Correct. just judge whether your airways, the path which, which you breathe is narrowed or not. These are some screening tests that we can do. And definitely meeting a clinician if you have any symptoms will help you. But yes, so lung function. If you go function. to a doctor for sure, if you're smoking, like, um, what would the steps be? Would you try squinting no, by yourself? every smoker. No, not every smoke. Yes, if you are trying to quit, see, first you can try it yourself also. If you're not a heavy smoker, definitely you can try and quit uh, with your family and with yourself. You can try and set a quit date and you can uh, make use of these nicotine patch and gums. You can do that. But definitely with a clinician, it's better. With a physician, it's better because you get those non-medical treatment also, the behavioral therapy, and you get a structured and more organized way. And for heavy smokers, it's difficult. So you need someone to guide you. Like, you know, you're for the, for if you want to lose uh, some weight, you, you usually go for trainers. So basically Correct. you need a coach. And you now you have, that's what I talked about. Now you have this uh, quit smoking helpline. It's a national Correct. helpline. You have trained coaches. Yes, they are trained coaches and counselors which are available 24-7 and you can reach out to them. They will give you a plan also and they'll help you with withdrawals also. Fantastic. If you can find the number, we'll put it in our uh, show notes yeah. as well so people can reach out to them. Sure, sure. Doctor, when people are going through this process of recovery from smoking, what are some of the difficulties that they'll face? If you can talk about two, three, you know, difficulties we typically see in your patients. So we know that these are speed breakers that everyone might face. What are, you know, what would those kind of things be? See, triggers or cues, as you said, that uh, alcohol, the environment, the ambience and the, just the situation, how it is that going out with friends. So these, these triggers, avoiding those triggers and um, in general, alcohol, caffeine, stress in life you know, stress in life, personal, or maybe, you know, professional, any stress, managing it better. So these things, and then balancing other aspects of your life also, mental well-being. And that's where yoga, acupuncture, they come into play, because your overall mental well-being will be better. And because you need that in a healthy diet, keeping yourself hydrated, all these things, they help. And uh, these are things, and they will, because these are the things that will trigger relapses. So relapses, something, and you know, then the, there are symptoms, withdrawal symptoms. They are very disturbing. These irritation, being anxious, being fidgety, mm -hmm. and um, not able to sleep well. And then in the next morning, you are feeling all fatigued, tired. So it's not a good feeling. Your appetite is increased. You are gaining weight. And uh, so everything, you know, the it's like a double whammy thing. It's like you are going, negative effects are too many. Correct. In fact, so you know, when you were talking about the, sorry, when you were talking about the lifestyle changes, I was remembering saying that so many people that when you start working with and you start doing the lifestyle changes first, automatically, eventually one penny drops in their mind saying that if I'm making so much hard work in my exercise and my nutrition and all of that and meditation, why am I smoking? And automatically it falls by the wayside saying they don't need it anymore. They're not necessarily in that need for it. And those pleasures which you were uh, which you were trying to find with the smoke, you know, you then you start getting with this healthy lifestyle also. Because again, let's as we talked about, exercise does really, you know, release endorphins, and these are the chemicals which are act, which actually make you feel good about yourself. 
So exercise, working out, and even, you know, you don't have to go for a full strength or endurance training also, just weight training, nothing like that. You just, so simple measures like yoga, meditation, these also help. Perfect. Super. Doctor, is there anything else that we missed out on, on the recovery journey for people who are addicted to tobacco that you can think of? No, all I would like to say is um, just uh, go in that contemplation mode, you know, and uh, start uh, thinking about why you want to quit. And maybe our podcast helped you and uh, start planning out, have people around you realize that it's going to be a long battle and be prepared for it. And overall, in general, in every aspect of your life, try to achieve balance because and then probably, you know, try to achieve balance within you because that's how you'll get the balance in life. And it all starts from within you. I love it. Get your intention right. Get the reason why you want to quit right. And then the quitting will become much easier. Absolutely love it. Dr. Mittal, how can people get in touch with you? How can people continue this conversation with you? Sure. So I think uh, we'll drop the link and uh, they can reach out to me through Instagram or Facebook via Officer Rich and Reliance Foundation Hospital and that's where they can connect. Perfect. And we can drop the link also. We'll definitely put it down in the show notes below. Dr. Mittal, thank you so much for coming on the Habit Coach Podcast. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for having me. Same here. Thank you. Now, if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IBM podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am at Ashton Doc on Twitter and Instagram. We have a brand new habit coaching online course, quizzes, videos, and a lot more on the website awesome180.com. So check it out now.